Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, your journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write down 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. A lot of verses, so hang on. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in a place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we dive into First and Second Kings and we really hone in on Solomon's prayer asking God for wisdom and how God really answered that prayer with much more than just wisdom. And we talk through, you know, how do we know if we have idols in our life and how do we, how do we know if we have wisdom and how do we walk through that? And I do want to give a little bit of clarity to a story that I talk about toward the end of the episode. And I I give a personal example of how we can trust God with really his plan for our lives. And I give a personal story and I use a king that is mentioned in Second Kings and the lineage of Jesus. But I just wanted to clarify when I am talking about David having another son, that other son's name is Nathan. And it was actually through Nathan that Mary came, who is the mother of Jesus. So it is in Luke's account if you wanted to look into that. But I just wanted to clarify that because I spontaneously mentioned that toward the end of the episode and wanted to make sure that I got my facts right. So Anyway, we are really glad that you're here, and we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Oh, Kara, here we are. <laughs> we are recording today, and we are. And just for the listeners, <laughs> it's it been has been crazy, interesting past little uh, time. Uh, yeah. Mom kept saying, "Governor, the people." Her mic keeps fi- falling. falling. Yes, so, but I, mean, it is. I do love. I do love to think that Solomon said, "I don't know what I'm doing," and I think when I'm thinking about this recording and and doing these podcasts. I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, so give me discernment, give me wisdom. And I think that's kind of why that kind of grabbed my attention every time I read it. I just find it so interesting that here is Solomon and grew up, you know, with this great king, David, as his father. And Mm -hmm. uh, might have been a little bit of his problem, a little bit of insecurity of seeing the way the people loved intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're intimidated by me, yeah. That would be the first thing I'd ask for, oh, Lord. (laughs) How will I fill thy shoes of thy great mother? Oh, yeah. I am so sure. (laughs) Okay. For y'all that join in on this conversation, that's a joke. But I will say this. I mean, you are great. I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm Mm -hmm. also like, I mean, kind of true. I do feel, I would feel like that. Yeah. Well, I love you. I just don't think I'd try to fill them. I think that's what I would do. I'd be like. Well, no. I I think you would be far greater on just about everything that you do uh, than I do. But I do feel that David, you know, played a great role in Solomon's life and, you know, blessed him and told him, you know, gave him instructions right before David died that the wisdom and, and how to govern the people and how to love God with all of his heart and soul. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, that was um, David's last instructions to his son is, you know, Solomon, you're going to have the kingdom, but you really need to keep your eyes on the real king. And that's God. And that's right. kind of which like, maybe a part why, yeah, he asked for wisdom because he thought, okay, this is, you know, this is the right way and the way I want to govern and rule the mm-hmm. people. So I can't do this alone. I can't do it um, without the Lord. Right. And we can't, we can't do anything without the Lord, to be honest. But, you know, Kara, right. I just, you know, as I was flipping through First Kings, and I've got a feeling you're not on target with the Kings in your reading. Well, that's rude. Why do you think I'm behind? <laughs> because you keep talking about Samuel. Right, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I just started Second Samuel. I'm on Second Samuel 1, so... Well, it, it's fine. Uh, yeah. I, mean, you get- I got to catch up before we get to the prophets because I have caught up in the prophets and I felt like I wanted to go down with Jerusalem because the prophets are they're hard. They're rough. Yeah. And so are the kings. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know, first and second kings, we see where the kingdom is divided and we have all these kings that we hear about. And, you know, it's with, from uh, Israel and from Judah and the kings, almost all of them are evil. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I remember one time I got really interested in this one year, and I I don't have it in front of me. I'd have to go look it up, and it didn't really matter. But anyway, I went through every time I looked at the kings of Judah and Mm -hmm. the kings of Israel, Israel. Mm -hmm. and I went through and noted how many kings of Judah were good and how many kings of Israel were good and how many were bad on, on both and both. And I do remember that there were very, very few good kings in Israel. They were all, quote unquote, evil. In the yeah, there was the none. So that was zero. There were no good Oh, there were zero? I thought yeah. there might have been like one or two. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know. So, all right, well, there you go. But I just remember noting, you know, I just like I had like a little chart thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and I just kind of would mark as I went through. And maybe I did that because it just helped me give me something to... Get you through it. Do while mm-hmm. I read it. <laughs> yeah, to get me through it because mm-hmm. it can get a little tedious. But um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Mainly, mainly I think it's interesting because of Judah is really that's where David and Solomon, like that's more of the line of David and Solomon mm-hmm. is the land of Judah. Mm-hmm. Am I right in that? That's right. The tribe of Judah. Okay. Yeah, yes. Tribe of Judah, uh-huh. and yeah, like David and Solomon, so mm-hmm. ultimately the line and lineage of Jesus. So I thought that was interesting that, one, Judah is, Israel goes down before Judah, and, or is captured, as I say, not, right. when I say go down, I mean, you know, they were- In captivity. Seized. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the fact that there were, you know, more good kings, or more king, like when we say good, that just means kings who served the Lord mm-hmm. God and didn't- have high altars or high places that serve other gods and that sort of thing. Well, actually, some of them did. Even Solomon, uh, who you know began to follow the Lord, you know, because that's what David told him, you know, you know, love the Lord with all your heart. And one of his downfalls was that he kept the high places, and you know, and that was where it happened, you know, because he began to marry all these you know pagan wives, and they turned his heart toward uh, mm-hmm. their gods as well. So he tried to like worship their gods and worship, you know, his. Yeah, he had his feet in both. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and he was warned, you know, by the so prophet. So he didn't abandon. Yeah, no. he didn't abandon the Lord. Altogether, but he didn't serve him with all of his heart. Right, right. Which is one of the things I, I really think we should talk about because 
I feel like today, you know, that's something that we struggle with. You know, who really does have all of our heart? Who do we really worship? I mean, you know, it, it gets complicated sometimes because we have all these things that's going on in the world and there's things that we love and, you know, blessings like let's just talk about our children. So often we as moms have a hard time not worshiping our children. like our, And when I say worshiping them, I mean our heart is so toward them. Like that, there are lives, and mm-hmm. there are everything. There yeah. are everything. So how do you how do you do that then? Because I, I mean, I only have dog children, and you say George and Lucas have all your heart. Oh yeah, I tell them all the time. You have my whole heart. Yeah. Yes, I tell them every day, and. They do. And I have nightmares about them dying. So (laughs) probably actually not that far from having human children. But how, what is that balance? Like, how do you know when it's out of balance? Like, because you're not going to love, you're you're not going to love your kids less. That doesn't mean you love them less. That doesn't mean that you, you know, of course you'd be devastated if something were to happen to them. So yeah, like, how do you know what are like those checks and balances to know if you're loving other things, people. It's an are, idol. Yeah, yeah it, it is an idol. But I think what? Well, the, yeah, so but what are those checks and balances to know if it's an idol? Well, for one thing, you need to ask God, just like Solomon said, I don't know. I don't have a lot of wisdom on what to do and what's right. So I would go with what he did because that was very wise even before. Yeah, even before he uh, had all the wisdom But I do feel that we can say, well, God, you know, I don't want to worship. I don't want my children. I don't want my dogs. I don't want my things. I don't want my position. I don't want my reputation. I don't want my looks. I don't want, you know, all the things sometimes people really hold on to to think that if I lost this, if I, you know, like you said, if something were to happen to your dogs, and I remember thinking about that you know, with my parents, if what you know, what would I do? I just remember always thinking, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I think that that's, again, those are my two nightmares of losing me, you, and Dad, and my two dogs. Well, and I think that that is human because you love us, and I appreciate that, and uh, and you love your dogs, and right now that's really what most of your life is surrounded by. You know, you do a lot for your dogs, and you do a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, they're and, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but they can't be your God. And so the thing that I would say, checks and balances that you were talking about, to me it would be like, could I go on living without them? I mean, it's like, I know I could, but I don't know that I'd want to. Well, you, don't, <laughs> you don't have to want to. But when it <laughs> happens, and I think that that's where what happens so often, is that we put such value and we feel like our identity or our worth or whatever is founded in a lot of things that we really love. Right. When I do want to say, we're not saying that you need to deal with if you were to lose your child or your parent or your whatever in, in this moment, because God won't give you the grace to handle it. He'll give you the grace to handle it if or when that comes to pass. So it's not like we need to deal with it now. Like, okay, well, if you you know, this thing other than the Lord has your whole heart then, or part of your heart or whatever, you don't need to be okay with, you know, like you don't need to like mourn or act like it's gone now. No. And and that's what I said, you know, you don't have to not want to, but not want me to die. I I mean, I would want you to not want me to die. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and I don't need to act, I don't need to deal with that right now. I don't know. 
Because sometimes I do fight that. Like I, I feel like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I'd be dead. Like I, I don't know if I could go on if I, you know, were to lose you mm-hmm. or dad or the, that sort of thing. And I have to tell myself like, I, God, I don't need to deal with that. Like you're yeah, here. Yeah, so I don't right. need to, God will, that, and that you tell me that, like God will give you the grace to handle it when you handle it. I mean, I do that even with, I do that some with my dogs too. Yeah. You know, if you had told me that when my dad got sick, that I would be changing his diapers, if you had told me that I would be holding my mother when she took her last breath, I'd have told you there's no way. Well, I would tell you right now, there's no way that I'm not going to ask you to change my diapers. But what I will say is this. I don't want you to. But you don't know what you can do until you're having to go through it. And you look at it and you look at this situation and you're trying to come up with the strength that only God can give you. We can't live days that we haven't been given. And we can't live through circumstances that we're not going through yet. And so... What we have to do is when that time comes, that's when God will give you the grace to handle it, which is what you were just saying. And and I think I told you about this. One time I was, um, believe it or not, cleaning house. It's been a long time. And I think I've told you this, but I was cleaning house. And I remember I was standing at this picture. And for some reason, I was dusting it. That would tell you how long ago that was. I know. Interesting. (laughs) And uh, I remember having the thought what if my dad died? What if my parents died? What would I do? And I remember just having this horrible fear come over me. I thought, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I, do. I, I get that feeling all the time. Yeah. And so did you think that God was preparing your heart to Which made me scared. Yes. And then I thought, oh my gosh, God is making, you know, making me try yes, to get like he's like this. preparing me of like telling me like, hey, they're about to die. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I interpreted like I was about to, yeah. Anyway, Trying to warn you. It makes this, sense to say it out loud, but yeah. It happens. I'm sure we're not the only people who do have done that. Yeah, I bet you who's in on this conversation can say, I've got things that I fear that what if this were to happen? What if my husband lost his job? What if I lost my husband? What if we lost our house? You know, there's so many things that we have really grabbed hold of that we feel is, you know, something so valuable to us that we love. Yeah, like, and maybe it's that thing isn't the idol, but maybe fear is the idol. Maybe control is the idol mm-hmm. or, you know, like. Or not trusting God, you know, and for the outcome. But yeah. what I was going to tell you about this time when I was, yeah, when I was dusting this picture, I was in the living room and I had the TV on. And it was called, it was on 700 Club. And I'd never watched the 700 Club. It's, it's a. Uh, this is the weirdest story because okay. I don't feel like this has anything to do with you. Like none of everything that you're saying, I'm like, you don't do that. No, nope. you don't watch. I don't that. dust. You don't, and watch. I don't watch. But <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. But I want to tell you that what happened was Corey Tim Boone was being interviewed on oh. this recording. And I was dusting and I, here I had this fear and everything. And, and she was talking about her uh, dad dying in, you know, the concentration camp and her sister, she would, I think she was raped and she heard her die and they were interviewing her. And I, how did you deal with that? And I remember so specifically, and I remember looking at the TV and, and I literally felt, and this is really going to make you think I'm going crazy. I felt like I could just almost see God in her. I, I mean, I was just staring at that TV, looking at her. I could see the presence of God all over her, even through this TV. I mean, I can still think about it today and get uh, goosebumps on me. And they were asking her, how, how did you how did you deal with that? 
And she said, I remember that when I was a little girl and I wanted to get on the train and my dad would pick the tickets up for the train that we were wherever we went, we'd have to drive, we'd have to ride the train. And I would always say, Dad, give me the ticket. And he would say, I will give you the ticket when you need it, when you're about to get on the train. And she said that that memory held her and got her through, that she knew that whatever she faced, that God would give her the strength, that her Heavenly Father would give her the strength to to deal with whatever she would have to deal with. And I think that that is and not before, not, not before no, she not before. Quote unquote, got on the train. No, but not until she needed. Not until yeah. I do. I it reminds me of a vivid memory I have. Of it's a it's the same truth, but and this was gosh, I don't even know. So many years ago, and I don't remember the specifics, but I just remember. I think I was probably dealing with the fear of using losing you and dad, <laughs> and was trying to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to like not deal with it, like mourn your loss, but trying to like be like, what am I going to, how am I going to deal with it? What, how am I going to do? I do? Yeah. You know, like all, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was like just causing more and more fear and more and Absolutely. more anxiety and all of that. And I remember the Lord just kind of stopping, kind of really stopping my heart, stopping my thoughts and being like, hey, you're trying to handle this without my grace because I haven't asked you to walk this road. Mm-hmm. I haven't. You, you like this hasn't happened, so mm-hmm. you are dealing with something outside of my grace, mm-hmm. and it just kind of—I mean, we ha- always have His grace in terms of salvation and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but like to deal with something that we ha- we aren't even walking through—I don't know—it was just like this light bulb moment where I was like, "Oh, I can't handle it because I don't have the grace to handle it because or the he power give me the grace That's to handle right. it, right? Because I'm—he didn't—I don't need to handle this right now." Yeah, and I think as we we're you know reading about. Uh, Solomon and starting out, you know, to be the king, that he just looked at all the people and he knew that the majority of the people loved David. And I'm sure he felt, how am I going to fill his shoes? I can't. And I think that that is such great insight of just being able to say, God, I don't know what to do. I think humbling yourself, I think that's part of it. And saying, you know, as we said, go to God and ask God for wisdom on what to do and how to do it and 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 depend upon his strength to do to go through it. You know, we've said this on on this podcast so many times. And, you know, when we were, you know, going through the wilderness and the Red Sea that, you know, when God parted the Red Sea, the Red Sea was still there. They just walked through it. God just allowed them to have the miracle to walk through it. And that's what we do. I don't think you ever really get over a loss of someone that you love like that, whether it's a child or a parents or anything. Right. I don't think you really get over that. But I do think that God gives you the grace and he gives you the power to get through it. I know that. Yeah, like you're walking through the Red Sea, like realizing the sea walls are next to you. And you're like, how am I walking through? How mm-hmm. am I doing this? Yes. Or how long are they going to stay up? And like I'd be thinking, like any minute, you know, God's just going to say, "Okay, that's it," and then I'm not all the way through. I'm behind on the line, and I'm going to be, you know, washed aside. But that's not true. We're not going down for the third time. We have a God that is given us His power. And you know, I said this just the other day when I was talking, and and I, I said, shared that 
You know, there is nothing that God will ask you to go through that he's not giving you the power to go through it. And the sweet woman came up to me and her son is sick. And, you know, at this point, uh, there's no there's no remedy. There's nothing that they can do right now. They're still uh, praying for, you know, some treatment that would help him. But she's facing some really horrible fears that every mother you know, fears. And I never wanted to downplay and say, oh, God's just going to give you the strength to do it. But on the other hand, God is going to give you the strength to do it. You've got to hold on. There's just desperate times. And I think that's kind of what Solomon did, is that he knew this was desperate times. The crazy thing is that as you get on into Kings, Kara, we know that Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God said, oh, are you Thank you. I, I can't believe you didn't ask for riches and all this, but so I'm going to give you wisdom. And then I'm going, and it says, you know, he had more wisdom. He was the wisest man that ever lived. Mm-hmm. And then you see him making some of the stupidest choices. Right. Which I think that doesn't mean that he wasn't, that doesn't mean he he's not human. Wise. It just means that he didn't, yeah, he still was wise, but you can make stupid decisions and be wise. <laughs> you, you, you can, if you don't act on your wisdom, if you don't apply that's what I'm your saying. wisdom. It's like, yes. Right, and he didn't. But I do think there's a couple things like I see in that is one, just the abundance that the Lord gives. He's not not only did he give wisdom to Solomon, he made him the wisest ever, like mm-hmm. the wisest man that ever walked yeah. the earth. And then on top of it, and then he also gave him, you know, riches and favor and you know, all the things mm-hmm. that he didn't ask for. And I I love that heart of the Lord of seeing the abundantly more like God. It's the God of much more. He just, he wants to, yeah, he wants to give to his children. And then the other thing I, to point out about wisdom that I know you and I have both read in a book by our favorite Mm -hmm. pastor. He's the late Ronald Dunn. Mm -hmm. And in one of his books, I don't remember, I, I don't remember which one, but he talks about how, oh, it's the faith one unshakable faith. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but he talks about asking for wisdom. And a lot of times we ask and ask and ask, and we feel like we don't have wisdom. And like for him, he's telling the story of wanting wisdom in a situation. And he kept asking, kept asking and feeling like basically like God wasn't answering his prayer. And then it like dawned on him where he realized, wait, I am asking for wisdom. I want was like I want the Lord's mm-hmm. wisdom. And so if I feel like making this decision is what I need to do, I'm going to trust that that is the right decision. The wisdom God is giving me. Yeah, like that. And I don't know, I just think I I loved that perspective of it kind of goes back to like I think sometimes we overcomplicate things mm-hmm. and it it's simple, it's not easy and it's not you know, us, but it's just kind of like, okay, we, we can ask for wisdom. And as long as our hearts, you know, or we purify our hearts and we, as long as our motives are, you know, like we genuinely want what the Lord wants and we want his wisdom. If we think, okay, this decision or whatever. And, you know, again, it's like what we have to look at so many aspects of like moral decision, you know, like, is there anything immoral in this? Or anything to sit? You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. There's a but, lot of layers to it. It's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like trusting like, okay, like I'm going to take a leap of faith and trust that this is the right. Trust that he yeah. gave me mm-hmm. wisdom and this is, yeah. yeah. And I think it goes back to that because a lot of it, if you look, as we've looked all through Samuel and 
first and uh, second Kings. I mean, it's over and over again. You know, love me with all your heart. Uh, he definitely has the same message, uh, that, that Moses had in Deuteronomy, that God would provide blessings and obedience if we, you know, trust him and if we loved him and we were obedient. And if you don't, then you're going to reap the consequences. And that's been, that's pretty much a message almost through the entire Bible because of the consequences. And, and we are, forgiven. And I do believe that God uh, blesses obedience. But I think that what we're saying here is we can almost be afraid that we're not making the right decision or we're afraid that we don't have the wisdom. And we keep asking God and asking God. And it's not really uh, now whether or not we really want wisdom. It's like, are we going to trust God to give us the wisdom? So you kind of go backwards. Right. And trust God with whatever decision you like move forward mm-hmm. with or, you, you know, whatever it is. We think about this, and I, I know you and I, Carol, talked about this so much. You know, sometimes we make these decisions and we firmly believe that this was what God wanted for us to do. We prayed about it. We were open-handed. Like, God, I don't have to go down this way. I don't have to go this direction. I'm willing not to. I'm asking you to show me what to do. And then we go down that direction and it's not what we thought. And there's a lot of heartaches and there's a lot of, you know, uh, struggles. And we often then will just come back and go, I made a mistake. This could not have been what God wanted because God wouldn't have not allowed this. If I've asked God for wisdom, surely everything's going so well. But yeah. in God's wisdom, that's not, yeah, mm-hmm. that could have been exactly why he wanted you to go down that road. Maybe. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know there are situations in my life where that is a hundred percent the case. And me too. I thought I knew, yeah, like I knew this is what God wanted. And I was like, this is the worst road ever (laughs) in terms of pain, you know, like God did not want this. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, no, that, yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. he wanted. That's right. And I think that that's why instead of keeping our eyes on the Lord and our heart bent toward the Lord, we're looking at our circumstances. And sometimes it's our motivation of why we want the wisdom. Are we wanting the wisdom because we don't want anything bad to happen? Or do we want to do what God wants, even if it it's a hard mm-hmm. thing. And I think, right. you know, again, is we sometimes determine that we know what God's doing based on the circumstances that's going on. Now, well, I will say this, and, and I was actually even talking about this yesterday to one of the grandchildren. We so often think, well, if I just knew or, you know, if I know something that I right. you know, won't do it. And I think that a lot of times we just say, well, you hear people say, and it's the worst thing. To, I found this out by mistake. The worst thing you can say when someone's gone through a hard time is like, well, God's going to teach you or God's got a perfect plan in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't ever say that. It's the worst. Yeah, I know. I'll punch you so hard in the face. Well, I'm then kidding, if you're worried, no, that would not be good. <laughs> and if you're so worried about me dying, don't hurt me. But anyway, so I was thinking, you know, you, yeah. I, I know, but generally you're like, it just can't bring in the point out. Do not say to somebody that's going through a hard time. Yeah, but you know why? Well, first guys, of all, you don't know why you're going through it. No, and they yeah, don't like, either. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this. As you step back, and life has kind of shown me an experience in this situation has proven my life experiences have proven that there is something about going through hard times that I do get wisdom. There's something about yeah. that you stop making the same mistake. There's sometimes when things are going really hard and you're having to learn really hard lessons, do you really 
long for God. And, you know, if Mm -hmm. God's constantly saying to his children, would you put me number one? Will you just love me? Mm -hmm. Just love me above everything else. And sometimes I wish we could just learn that in a book. I wish we could just read about it, but we don't. And so we have to experience it. And I think sometimes that's why God allows us to make some choices that are really hard. Yeah. Okay. So I have to say this. I've been wanting to share this this whole time. It's something that I love in Kings and it has, uh, the Lord showed me this, I don't know, a couple years ago and it changed everything. So thinking of how God, like whatever decisions we make, like basically like if our heart, like if, you know, we are doing the best we can basically, which sometimes doing the best you can is just like, just letting God do like, you don't have to do anything, you know, like just letting him Mm -hmm. be God in our lives. And, and I, yeah. And so I have, you know, I'm in my late mid to late thirties and never been married. And so I struggled a lot with feeling like, what am I doing? You know, like, what did I do wrong? You know, if I hadn't done this or that or dated him or made these choices or mm-hmm. call, you know, whatever, like basically like w- this is not like it's my fault, but basically like what did I do that other people didn't do and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And God really showed me that that was all a lie. Like mm-hmm. I am still single because God wants wants me this is my story like he wants mm-hmm. me still single doesn't if he want to be married I want to be married I would be married mm-hmm. and he showed me this through I'm hoping that I can communicate this well but we see when David comes on the scene that do you know what I'm what mm-hmm. story I'm about to tell so when David comes on the scene God says you know hey I'm gonna and I'm gonna paraphrase this whole thing for the sake of time in the story but God says hey I'm gonna bring you know my son Jesus through the line, the line of David. And we see that when you look at David's lineage and there is a king. So as the kings go on, you have David, Solomon, absolutely. Like they keep going and they get more and more evil as we see. And there's a king in Judah. I don't know how to say his name, but it's in second Kings 24 verses eight through nine, if you want to go look up that king. Um, So he doesn't have a lot. It's literally two verses. But Jeremiah basically prophesies this king says, hey, the royal line stops with you. And in other words, so this king is in the line of David, but because he was so evil and so against the Lord, Jeremiah says the royal line is stopping with you. So you look at that and you think, if you notice it and see that, you would think, okay, well, wait. So God, God promised that Jesus would come through the line of David, but then He's also saying through Jeremiah that this line's going to stop. So how how are you going to accomplish that? And it looks like impossible, mm-hmm. but He does because what happens? And this is where I don't know. The, I just think this is so fascinating because to me, it shows God is going to do what He wants to do. He's going to be faithful to his word. Mm-hmm. Yes, his his plan cannot be thwarted, mm-hmm. no. even if even if evil happens. Like his plan cannot be thwarted, and it just showed me that the same with me. Like, yeah, like I have made mistakes, and yes, I have I walked away from the Lord in my early twenties, and you know, like yes, but that doesn't mean that's why this hasn't happened, or right. you know, whatever. At least there are consequences, and I dealt with those consequences, but. 
if the Lord wanted me married by now, I would be married. Mm-hmm. Like his plan cannot be thwarted. He will He will do what he says he would do and does not matter. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, the way this basically goes down is so this king, his name starts with the J. I don't know how I say it, but he is in the line of Solomon and Mary is in the line of one of David's other sons. I don't remember which son, but Mary is in the line of another one of his sons. But Joseph, Mary's husband, who is Jesus's earthly father. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, earthly father. uh, He is in the line of Solomon. But because of the way it all, because of how, you know, lineages and all that. So he still accomplished his, like they both are basically in the lineage of David, but they, Mary comes from the line of one of David's other sons. And Joseph comes from the line of Solomon. So it's kind of like God still was true to his word, however you look at it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I just think that's like so fascinating. And that may have bored and everyone's like tapping out. But I just thought it was because when I heard that of when Jeremiah prophesied to this king of, hey, the royal line stops with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, how does that, how, that How's can't that be happen? right because... Right. Yeah, because I like God said this, and and anyway, it just shows it because it's like, well, you can't break lineage. <laughs> God can't. Mm-hmm. Like, how is He going to accomplish this when it literally has to do with the lineage of, you know, of David, birth, and all of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyway, it just anyway, I just had to share that, and I know that this is just made this super long, but well, I love that it was really impactful for me because it, it in my own little story, God used that that to show me. Like, I mean, I have no doubt. Like, mm-hmm. it is so, like, it's almost like a soapbox for me when people say that about anyone of like, oh, we like, you're still single, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. And like, no, no, like, not even for me, but for someone else. It's like, no, like, you, again, if people are, if you're loving the Lord, like, no, like, this is, God is bigger. You know, so, if you had to be faithful every single day to get married, nobody would be married. And or to so, get what you wanted, like to get your desires of yes, your heart. It's yes. like God doesn't operate that way. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are consequences to our choices, good or bad, and God does bless us. But in terms of what He wants to do with your mm-hmm. life, yeah, like what He what He has planned for your life, whether it's a marriage or a job or motherhood or anything like God is going to do it. Like if he Mm -hmm. wants it in your life, like what he has planned, like this has been my plan before even when I was in your womb, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think anyway, that was like just one of the most powerful things for me of seeing like, well, you know, I do these Kings. mm -hmm. They're not good. Yeah. Like he is going to accomplish it. He's going to be, he's going to be true to himself. Mm -hmm. He's also, he also was like, that's the consequences, I think, because it's like, okay, you're, you're evil and I'm a holy God. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put up with this. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be true to my my word and I'm going to be true to my word. Yeah. And, and it doesn't go well with Solomon and he was very smart, but it doesn't go well. You know, he does make a lot of mistakes. And again, I think what you're saying, Kara, is that often we are allowing some accusations that either we're saying to ourselves or other people are saying. You hear people go, well, are you just too picky or did you you just won't date anybody or, you know, a lot. Or like go do X, Y, and Z. Like yeah. it's my job to go make something happen. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm going to live my life in the best way that I think God has called me to live my life. Like I, I'm going to go about my days and, mm-hmm. and trust that God, like 
God's got it. This yeah. is my story. This isn't. And anyway, I don't make. I'm not making this up. It's just I think that's. And I don't want to make it about you, know? you or me or anything. We want to make about God, and I think that's what you're trying to say. God's going to be God, and. Whatever. He's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. And you know yeah. what he wants to do? He wants to do what's best for us. And he wants to be glorified in the in the midst of it. He wants to be glorified. Right. And he wants us to know him. Yeah. Like he I does. would not, I know, I mean, I don't know how it's all going to end, but I'm like, I know that I would not know the Lord or be who I am in the Lord if I had, didn't if you hadn't had this journey. You know? And that's what we were saying, even like, you know, with somebody that has a child that's, you know, very ill or, uh, things that are happening into our lives that are very difficult. You know, I just said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could just read in a book on how to do it or do a 10-step process, and then all of a sudden everything's great. And I think that what you're saying is true, is that what we have to do is take the emphasis off of ourselves and put the emphasis on God. And Solomon knew that there was no way he was going to be able to be the king that God deserved and that the people deserved, and so he asked God for it. And I think as we close, I think what we need to just focus on is God is bigger than we are. God is bigger than our sin, and God is bigger to fulfill what God wants for his life. And he wants to use us, but he wants to be glorified in us. And again, as we go through kings and we see so many struggles, we have to step back and realize that we have a great God that will get us through whatever we face. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. 